Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sex Tech Talk. I'm Michelle, and in today's episode, I interview licensed marriage and family therapist, David Khalili. He is a therapist at Rouse Relational Wellness in San Francisco, and their private practice has a motto that I just love. It's shameless, love more. So that's where the title for today's episode came from. So I'm going to read you a little bit about Rouse Relational Wellness. So it says, we're a group of sex and relationship therapists striving to offer comprehensive, sex-positive, culturally and trauma-informed services to those in the margins, liminal spaces, and others who want to push out of rigid norms. We aim to help you become nicer to yourself and others. So today, David and I talked about sexual health, sexual wellness, all the shame that's surrounded by sex. Um, We talked a lot about how sex tech and technology is used in his business and in his private practice. So we had a lot of great conversations today. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. All right. So we'll just go ahead and get started. So do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So um, hi, everyone. My name is David Clilly. I'm a a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Um, I'm specifically in San Francisco. I uh, am also the founder of Rouse Relational Wellness. Uh, We are a group practice of sex and relationship therapists in San Francisco, uh, offering in-person and online therapy in California. Uh, We also do uh, educational workshops. So, um, you know, we do workshops on sex and anxiety, relationships and anxiety, communication, uh, erotic mindfulness, techniques. I also do uh, my like side project is working on marketing within the sexual wellness industry. It's something that I've been getting into for the last year. Um, Just been really excited about what's happening in the sexual wellness world and during the pandemic. Um, And as like a therapist, we're not trained in running a business. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So uh, in order to to keep my business going, I... um, And I kind of geeked out on marketing and SEO. And so I've been providing that for other therapists and sexual wellness providers to kind of learn more about how to get themselves in front of an audience. So it's a little bit of clinical work. I also train early career clinicians in sex and relationship therapy. And then I do workshops uh, on sexuality and marketing. That is so Keeping myself cool. busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I have a master's degree in rehabilitation counseling. So mm. like when I, yeah, when I did awesome. my master's, for, thanks. When I did my master's program, like there is no like business class. Like you may do like one, yeah. you know, one class period, maybe like there might be a little section at the end of your book, you know, about marketing or your own <laughs> business. But other than that, you're kind of left to just either take your own course or just figure it out or hire a marketing person. So right. I think that's great that you help people out. So what do you do? Um, like, tell me a little bit more about that, mar- about your marketing business. So, um, yeah, what do you recommend for people to do? Yeah, I, I recommend, um, let's see. So first coming from a, a genuine space, I think as a, a wellness provider, 
uh, and a therapist, I've definitely experienced in the beginning and, and I've um, experienced this with, with colleagues and associates of, you know, we, we have this feeling of we have to present in a certain way and, and show up in a, in a certain way and we'll only be accepted or only be wanted or hired if we're, you know, fit this mold. And I call bullshit. Um, I think yeah. that if we, <laughs> I <laughs> totally. think if, if <laughs> I, and I get why, you know, I, again, I was, I, I fell into that, um, you know, it is very much pressured as a way of, um, I think fitting into a mold in order to produce, I, I, I have a strong, even though I benefit from capitalism, I think it's important for us to acknowledge, you know, the impacts of capitalism. Um, right. And so it tells us to kind of contort and make ourselves smaller to fit into the car, you know, to fit into the machine. <laughs> Excuse me. So I really want people to just be their authentic selves. I, I really believe that, you know, the best work that we can do is if we're really true about who we are and then attract those people that connect with us in that way and not try to present in an inauthentic way and then uh, just not jiving well, you know, especially I work yeah. relationally and so it kind of works in that way. And so I, I think the content creators and um, therapists and wellness providers that are really themselves in on TikTok or blogs or um, are doing well. And I think, you know, to go with your strengths, don't don't try to uh, kind of at the same vein. But you know, if you don't like blogging and you're not, you know, the writing is not something that gives you joy. Uh, don't bang your head against the wall every day trying to write the new blog. Try to look into right. other ways of marketing yourself or putting yourself out there. Um, you know, I think there's a benefit in pushing our edges of discomfort, but I think there's also utility in like finding our strengths and then building up from there. Yeah, definitely. And I love that, you know, the idea of being yourself and being authentic, because I just know from my own experience, you're expected to present in a certain way, like put on like a facade of like, you know, it's, you know, professionalism, but like almost to be something else to make sure that you're presenting in a way that's professional and people want to see you. And a lot of times you kind of lose who you are trying to yeah. fake it and, you know, like, you know, use your customer service voice, you know, and, and like people don't really <laughs> get to see who you are. And there's probably a lot of things about your genuine self that people can relate to and connect with. And that could be your asset as a therapist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, yeah, I think that that will be the thing that people reach out to you for, you know, I, <clears throat> I know lots of people that lots of therapists or providers that can, that are generalists and they, they do well, but, and you can have a full practice, you know, as a generalist, but I think if you're, you know, I focus on sex and anxiety. And so people know that if they want to work on sex and anxiety, that I'm one of the many people that they can go to. Um, yeah. But you know, other, other aspects of mental health, like eating disorders or, or something is just not my specialty. And, and I don't want to pretend like it is because yeah. that's unethical and illegal to begin with. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just also, you know, there's a lot of people who are looking for that genuine connection and to see themselves in, um, in ways that they can kind of, uh, you know, uh, put themselves out there and uh, get the support that they need. They're, they're looking for that kind of reflection. Yeah, definitely. And I've been told before by people like, I don't want to put all that time into connecting with the therapist just to, you know, have to go see somebody else. And like, you know, mm. so it's like, you know, being authentic and connecting with people from the get go, then they know that like, you're in it for the long haul with them. Yeah. 
Right. You're not just collecting a check. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So another thing I'm looking at, I'm looking at your website right now and your motto is shame less, love more. And I love that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so cool. And that's why I decided to call our talk for today because I think there's so much shame around sexuality and, you know, sexual wellness, sexual health, all of that, you know, so tell me a little bit about how you came up with that motto for your business. Yeah. um, You know, I think it's, addressing and looking at how much, um, yeah, like you said, anxiety and shame can really impact people's sense of self, sense of wellness, sense of pleasure, safety and security. And just sitting with many folks, I work a lot with with men, trans including, uh, but sitting with many folks who are seeking out therapy just to feel uh, normal or to feel reassured or validated because they've, they've internalized uh, and it's hard not to internalize a lot of these messages to uh, to um, to be a certain way or fit in a certain mold. And so, again, to allow people to be their their true, wonderful, beautiful selves, and for us to find why they're holding that shame, like what is yeah. where is that coming from? Who who influenced that feeling or that voice or you know that um, yeah. Uh, that bias and then try to identify is that really what you still follow do you still believe that how is that helping you like is it is it really helping you and then looking at ways that you know what do you truly love about yourself or what do you like about yourself and building up from there you know there's elements of um, acceptance and commitment therapy that I really love but identifying your values and then identifying parts of yourself that you can accept and identifying what you can and can't control and going yeah. from there rather than like what's this icky part of you that you have to fix or mm. get rid of you know yeah definitely and like you know when i see like a motto or tagline like that i just i know immediately like oh this is a place where i don't have to try to hide things you know like mm. they're not gonna judge me <laughs> i can just come and just like share you know share what i'm feeling share my thoughts and like you know you just it's so simple but you know off the bat that you're not going to be judged and i think that's important for people going into therapy that they know they're working with a group of people or a person who's not going to judge them for what they're saying. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, in the realm of sex tech, you know, combining sex and technology, how does technology play a role in your business? Yeah, I think, you know, um, so first off, the pandemic was a, a big one. Mm, yes. And I was very thankful that I've always been interested in tech and you know um i had prodigy as a kid and compuserve and aol and all those oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, early early um isps um and so i had been doing zoom sessions before the pandemic uh, or video sessions before the pandemic and so i was set up to go and very comfortable and familiar with it and so you know as chaotic as the beginning of the pandemic was i was able to just jump into online sessions. And so that, that first off, just a very basic level of just one-to-one, you know, uh, connection over Zoom has been a lifeline for me for continuing to provide the the care and support to people. Yeah. Um, furthermore, I think, you know, using, using uh, social media and blogs to amplify 
accurate information, especially within sexual wellness and sex tech, when there's so much bad information out there. Oh, <laughs> and there's yes. just dangerous, bad, shaming information. And so, you know, I very much hold that, that, you know, marketing belief of like giving as much free, solid information as possible, just to let people know who you are and how you are, but also to give back to the community. I'm very collectivistic and community oriented. Um, both of my parents immigrated and come from collectivistic cultures. Uh, and so I think it's incredibly important to just bring people in. And so having that mindset of uh, like an abundance mindset uh, has also helped me because then I like sharing ideas with people and sharing my tech ideas with people um, yeah. and learning from them as well. And I'm not going to sit here and hoard ideas thinking that I've got the best idea possible and I don't want anyone to, you know, whatever. Um but more about like, okay, let's, let's do some good work. You know, I think um, I read somewhere that, and I'm sure you know this, or have seen this, that the sexual wellness industry is projected to hit $121 billion by 2030. Yes, it's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, let's get the, the quote unquote good people, the informed people, the, um, the non-judgmental, the non-shaming people, let's, get them out there and provide those services if this industry is going to explode like that. Because if we don't, then there's going to be some, and we've seen it already with the mental health industry and we've seen it with the sexual wellness industry. You know, there's going to be some shady people out there just trying to make a buck and mm, yes. not looking at care in addition to, and we got to make a buck to keep going, right. And to keep right. providing these services, but we can't make that like the all, yeah, the end all be all. Right, exactly. And I want to talk about a little bit about your point of bringing information back to the community, because, you know, when you think about social media, depending on like where you live in the USA and what your network is or where in the world you are, you might not have access to any accurate information or yeah. any information that's shame free. You know, right. so, yeah, that's so important to just get that information out there so people can see it. And they're like, oh, wait a second, this is new. Like, it's not shaming <laughs> me. It's not like, you know, telling me I'm an awful person or I'm going to hell or, you know, like, so it's so important. And to use technology in that way as a tool, you know, yeah. to help people. We've also been, just to kind of add some more, we've, we've also been sending assessments to our clients to um, that they can do online, you know, uh, to assess for depression and anxiety and make sure that we're oh. keeping on track and, you know, um, going in the right direction. We check in with them. How are we doing? Are we, are we, you know, addressing the issues that you want us to address? We've also, um, this is like super early and kind of very exciting for me is, um, we've been partnering with a few different organizations. So one is called TIA, uh, and they're known as the modern medical home for women. Uh, they're trans inclusive. They offer reproductive health care, pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, and so we're partnering with them so that we can refer clients to them and know that they're trauma informed for the pelvic floor exams and pelvic exams and, and all that. And then they um, send people to us to know that we're trauma informed for couples therapy and sex therapy. Um, and additionally, we're partnering with a new wearable um, technology company called Leaf Technologies. Uh, and they have this wearable device that I'm holding in my hand right now. It's a really cool silicone bendable, uh, kind of looks like a Nike swoosh device that you um, have leads on and you put it on your left 
rib cage right under, like right by your heart, and uh, it tracks your uh, heart rate variability. Oh. And yeah, it's really, really, it's like it's far more accurate than your Apple Watch. And so what happens is when you're stressed out or anxious or go into the fight or flight mode, this Leaf device does a little vibration to let you know, hey, you're getting stressed out, and then it guides you through breathing exercises based on vibrations. And they have wonderful coaches there that they um, train you on as well. And so what we're looking at is um, finding the people that like this. You know, some people don't like wearables and some people love them. So the people that love them, we work with, we tell them what we're offering and see if they're interested and utilize this in couples therapy. Because what I've seen is in couples therapy, people go into that fight or flight, reactive, sympathetic nervous system, and they're reacting and freaking out. And I get it, you know, you're trying to protect yourself, you're trying to be heard, you're trying to understand, and you're fighting. But what this does is this reminds you, hey, let's take a moment. And let's pause and take some deep breaths. And then we can stay on track on that conversation on that point, because what ends up happening is they go into the conversation talking about um, respect or boundaries or whatnot. And then all of a sudden the fight or flight kicks in and they're now talking about five other arguments that they've been having, mm-hmm. you know yes. what I mean? And so by bringing them back into the parasympathetic system, rest and digest, calm, we can help address what needs to be addressed within the relationship, but help do it in this very, as best as we can, calm way to, to uh, tell you know, my saying is I, with couples therapy is to um, tell each other the truth in the least harmful way possible. And so yeah. really do that in this grounded way. Um, and so I'm really excited about We're super early in this. We're just getting started to recruit uh, for couples. So if anyone's listening in California and is interested, please reach out. Um, we also have other services. But yeah, so I think these are some ways that we're incorporating some tech as well. That is so cool. I love wearable technology as far oh, as yeah? goes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. fascinated by it. Yeah. And I think that's so cool because it helps you bring awareness, you know, because maybe you don't realize you're getting, you know, in flight or fight and so anxious about a certain topic, you know. And so, you know, having a device like that can just help you bring more awareness to your own body, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They've done um studies within their organization and um, like peer reviewed studies and have found that uh, most people, it, they benefit from a few months to six months of, of wearing the device and that you, you rent it per month and then you send it back when you're done. That is very cool. Very helpful. And like, I've also, you know, been around or worked with people who have been going through like drug withdrawal and they've mm. had lots of anxiety associated with it, especially like a fentanyl withdrawal, you know, and to the point where their heart rate just skyrockets, you know, and they don't realize it's even happening at the time, you know, so I could see technology like this being useful for all different kinds of scenarios. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit, like what got you interested in like the sexual wellness space? Yeah, I mean, that's, um, <clears throat> it's been f- for a while. So, uh, you know, both of my parents immigrated. Um, you know, my mom is Catholic. My dad was Muslim. Um, you know, they had their own religions, but we talked about sex very openly in, in our in our home and joked about it. And um, it wasn't a taboo uh, to an extent. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. P- yeah, majority of it wasn't a taboo. And But then I would see other families where it was, and then I would 
talk to other people who, um, you know, their anxieties were based on having the discomfort of talking about it. And I, you know, to be fair and fully transparent, you know, even, even though I was raised in that environment, I still was subject to some of the anxieties, uh, pressures, you know, that, that some people feel, some men feel around sex and sexual performance and, you know, ways of showing up. Um, but I did have the benefit of having that, that kind of spaciousness. And so, um, that was always of interest to me and so was, uh, psychology. But then I took a sex therapy class in early college taught by an older woman from New York and, she was awesome. She was like in her seventies and was just very direct about sex and very straightforward and showed no shame or shyness around it. And it was just really lovely. Uh, and I was like, I want to do this for my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. keep um, and so I got a minor in sexuality studies and I ended up getting a master's in sexuality studies. I've worked in sex shops in California and Texas, uh, both as customer service rep and also as a, a buyer uh for the toys and books um and so i've been kind of and then sex therapy obviously and training and sex therapy and training others so i've been following the sexual wellness industry for about 20 years now and it's been really cool to see just how things are developing and how different organizations are popping up and um who's out there trying to really provide solid accurate information and care yeah that's so cool yeah and that's amazing you actually like worked you worked in a sex shop yeah for about five or six years total wow that's so cool that's awesome and so we would get yeah we'd get the people coming in with the the you know different questions guys coming in um you know i called it the unabomber outfit with the hoodie and sunglasses to buy a oh, cock yeah. ring because they were embarrassed <laughs> about erection difficulties and right <clears throat> And for us to kind of hold the space of like, hey, welcome in. Yep, there's the cock rings, there's lubes. You want a condom? Great. How about a butt plug? Nope. All right. Here, here's a strap on. Great. You know, just to treat it with like normalcy and no no shame, just yeah. excitement and you know, like you're picking up a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think I heard, who was it? I think, um, what is her name? Andrea Barica. She's the founder of the O School. And oh, cool. I think I was listening to a podcast with her and she was talking about what a huge difference that made for her is being able to go into a sex shop with people who are actually knowledgeable. Like it wasn't like your Spencer's like joke store, like gag <laughs> gift kind of yeah. like here's, here's your giant dildo kind of store. Like but right. it was actually people who cared and were knowledgeable and, you know, she didn't feel any shame and like how amazing that was for her. And I think she had went to her first store like in San Francisco Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And so she had talked about that on a podcast and that reminds me of that. That's really cool. And that's so necessary to have a place that's a sex shop, but it's not like a, you know, like a, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Like, right. Yeah. Like I don't want to dispensers, but like, like a Spencer's gift shop. (laughs) I'll dispensers. (laughs) I'm not worried. Come at me, Spencer's. I don't. Um, no. Come at. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think there there are some that are just going to be selling. I mean, a big thing that I was pushing pushing uh, was to get to to buy the the toys that are made with better quality material, mm-hmm. and not just better quality material, but the non toxic. Oh yeah. Material, and so and I would what we would do is we would just say like here, take we're going to open up the packaging of this 
beautiful Tantus or Lilo device and have you take a whiff. And then we're going to open uh, XYZ brand. Uh, no, that's where I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Spencer's, but I'm worried about some of the other <laughs> Adam and Eve, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Um, I shouldn't say anything about Adam and Eve. I haven't looked at their products in a while. But we would open up a cheaper item that was made from uh, plastics with phthalates oh. in it. And we would say, okay, do you smell this? And it would just be this intense, putrid, chemically smell. Oh. And we're like, that is, you know, uh, this is the chemically plastic. These are, you know, uh, there's also phthalates in here. Phthalates have been known to um, impact your, uh, I forget now, but um, it's very toxic for your health. It can, um, I think it, it's related to cancer or, you know, other yeah, difficulties. They impact your endocrine system or something. Thank you. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. They, right. Yeah, absolutely. And so they're in toys, they're in lots of things. And so, uh, because the FDA doesn't regulate uh, sex toys, I, I feel like it's our job to say like, no, this is a good one and it won't harm you and this will harm you. Yeah, totally. I've actually, I've got somebody coming on the, the podcast. I don't know if it's next week or the week after. Her name's Emily and she's opening up a platform that is like the, she calls it like the Etsy for sex toys. And I love it's it. all yeah. like, yeah. So it's like um, a platform where like, people who like hand make organic things that are body safe. So it's oh all God. like, yeah, it's all specially curated. Like she talks to each person individually and makes sure that it's all good to go. So she's going to be on talking about how she's starting this up. So I'm really excited to learn more about it. Cause that sounds fabulous. That sounds, yeah. I can't wait to listen. I'll keep my eye out for it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's what's needed because so, you know, I think, following the same thing as shame and accessibility like a lot of people just order maybe what they could find on amazon or what's cheapest and you know you don't really consider what you're putting into your body and you know because maybe people are too afraid to ask or because they can't afford yeah. something else you know so there's right. a lot of barriers around that absolutely yeah no there's a lot of barriers there's i mean so the other thing about you know the sexual wellness industry booming up and how I was talking about that there's going to be people that are trying to make more money than actually provide help. Um, I'm seeing this in some of the devices that are sold for public for physical therapy. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, there are, there are devices that are made from silicone, uh, like the intimate rose pelvic wand, um, where it is uh, known to help with, uh, uh, with pain during sex, with pain during penetration, dyspareunia and vaginismus to name a few uh fantastic device and it was developed by a by a pelvic floor physical therapist i believe it's 30 bucks right so it's like super accessible it works mm -hmm. fantastically um but i've seen exact same models or versions of it for like 200 nothing different other than than i mean the packaging oh. is almost the same you know the intimate rose does really good packaging and marketing um, but they keep it at a very reasonable price. So I think that's the other thing that we need to kind of keep an eye out for is who's doing that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so they're selling like copycats, but they're actually more expensive than the originals. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We definitely have to keep an eye on that because yeah, I mean, that's great. Somebody actually takes the initiative to make it accessible and then you've got people trying to profit off that, which is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I wanted to ask you, have you faced any barriers working in your industry? <laughs> so I'm sure you have. <laughs> so what kind, like in sex tech or teaching about sexual wellness or in therapy, like what kind of barriers have you faced? Yeah, I mean, I think first off, it's just sometimes it's just getting the time of day. Sometimes it's uh, people don't know how to react. There's they they have a nervous laughter or they scoff or they they're weirded out by it. I, I went to a um, digital health conference in San Francisco last month, um, and it was great. It was Rock Health Summit. I think Rock Health is doing really wonderful things for healthcare out there and digital health. Um, they're uh, they're both they do both. Um, VC and funding and also I think incubator stuff. Uh, but it was a lot for you know medical health care outside of sexual wellness. And there wasn't much discussion of sexual wellness or even oh. very little on like reproductive health as well. Um, it was a, or actually it was a good amount of women's health, but not a, much on like sexual wellness. And so I think they were they were even then kind of towing a line to some extent. Um, and so while there wasn't a direct you know, they didn't talk about it at all, but you could just, I could feel like, you know, the, the absence of it, you know, we're not talking yeah. about sex, we're not talking about intimacy, we're not talking about, um, we're talking about great things. But so I think, you know, just having the absence of that in um, big conferences and big panels and big research, you know, research is growing, it's they're getting there. But um, and then, of course, you know, censorship and discrimination is less than 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, but it's still there and it's still a big impact. And I'm, con you know, uh, fighting against Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and uh, oh yeah, whatever the fuck to, you know, just put myself out there and be like, no, this is an actual product. I had to go through, I bought a domain. Uh, why can't I remember my domain? <laughs> Sexanxiety.com, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to, I had to go through a whole process because the word sex was in the, the domain name. Oh gosh. Yeah. I know like from my own experience, when I started up like my sex tech talk, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff, like during the first week I had the sex tech talk Instagram, it was shut down. And like, I don't even wow. know what it was that I posted or if it was just because the name sex was in like the label or the handle. But it was gone. And I was like, okay. But luckily for me, it was only gone for like a day. And then it just came back. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I guess we're just going to, like, for me, I'm just trying this out just to see, like, what's going to work, what's going to get shut down. Like, you know, and I've already been censored, like, on LinkedIn. Um, uh -huh. I, was trying, I was trying to um, create an event. Um, I think it was the one I did with Isabella. And I had said uh -huh. something. I used the word porn. And it wouldn't create the event. And I'm like, what's going on? Is there just a glitch? And then I was like, you know what? Let me try something. And then I went back <laughs> and I erased the word porn. And I put like P star RN, you know? Yeah. And like, sure enough, immediately the event created after that. So like, there's just some censorship <laughs> going on. I was like, okay, well, it worked. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just, it's such a pain because, you know, a lot we just have to deal with all the censorship going on like you know around female pleasure and sexual wellness and all of that it's a pain on social media right and we're just trying to get proper information and help people out there <clears throat> and make a living while doing it right and we're like we're trying to help people get access to good care and support and exciting information and exciting tech that's going out there yeah and what really drives me wild is like on twitter like I'll be scrolling through my feed and I'll see legit porn. 
Like I'll see like, yeah, people have sex. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then somebody else will be like, I just got censored. And I'm like, for yeah. what? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know with the algorithms and stuff. It's just kind of wild. I don't know. Yeah. I'll- and sometimes I feel like, I mean, I think it's been proven that, um, they just blame it on the algorithm, quote unquote, when it's mm-hmm. actual, you know, human censorship. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we see that improve, like, you know, over the next year or two and more people are able to like get their content out there. Cause it's, you know, it's not fair. And then people yeah. have to get really creative and, you know, come up with other ideas or just do stuff like boots on the ground, you know, work. And it just makes it harder. I don't, I don't want to spell sex uh, like I'm like I'm writing eggs. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that on TikTok. Yes, I've seen yeah. that a lot. And <laughs> when it first came out, I was I wondered why people were doing it, and then I caught on pretty quick. It was a censorship thing, yeah. and I was like, yeah, because I follow a lot of people on like Instagram that are um, novelists. They write like erotic romance, and they're trying to market their books and like tell about the story, and then they have to like use eggs or like eggz. <laughs> And like, it's like totally, and they do it on YouTube too. They have to censor it there. And it's just, I'm like, oh gosh, come on. It's 2022. Let's just say sex on the internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> come on. We have bigger fucking things to deal with. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We're that concerned. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wild. And I hope we see things getting better soon because it does. It makes things more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you too. Okay, so I have a couple more questions for you. I wanted to know Sweet. if you have any, um, like, any people you admire um, or any companies that you think are really great right now that we could, you know, that have influenced you or that you look up to. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always a big fan of Esther Perel. I, I follow her work quite a bit. Um, I've been really thrilled at just how she takes her talks to a variety of places from YouTube for free to <clears throat> paid trainings for therapists and for couples and um, individuals. Um, you know, I've never talked to to this guy, but um, there's a couple of guys that have come across uh, that are doing research on space sexology. And Ooh, I, yeah. I just think that that's so amazing. And they're, probably ahead of their time and but and I really thank them for doing that and um you know I I appreciate anyone that's able to kind of take the forefront and uh because I've mentioned it to other people and and then they start laughing and they make jokes about it and they're um but I think it's a necessity of what they're doing you know they're looking at how how do we address um reproductive health how do we address stis how do we address consent how do we address boundaries how do we address all these things that will happen in these space stations and space travel and, and yeah whatnot. so stuff that i'm never gonna interact with because i don't like heights <laughs> but i think it's just Same. wonderful that, <laughs> that they uh that they're doing that you know um yeah that's so cool and it's something people don't really think about like you're right. everybody's fascinated with like the powdered food or whatever like they have <laughs> there you know and how do they go to the bathroom you know right. then you know it's really fascinating to learn about sexual wellness because people are gone for who knows how long you know yeah and we have women in space you know we you know it's like a whole thing like menstrual care and you know sexuality so it's just you know there's a whole field opening up there to explore 
Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're making sex toys that have haptic feedback so you can have like, um, long distance sex and also feel what it feels like to have a penis if you want to feel that. Um, wow. There's, you know, lots of different technology that's coming out there for uh, around sex toys and sexual wellness. That is so cool. That's definitely like the next frontier. I love it. Yeah. And I'm just honored by like all the other sex therapists that are out there that are continuing to to do this work and to try to provide, you know, good support and good care to people that are uh, just trying to be true to themselves and, and get to the heart of, you know, why they're feeling anxious or shame or um, whatever they may be feeling or trying to recover from some trauma. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And along the same lines, um, do you have any recommendations for like a favorite podcast or like educational resource? Like you had mentioned Esther Perel, um, like any one of her books that you really like or anything like that? Yeah. Um, Mating in Captivity is, is, is a well-known one um, for a book that it's not sex tech related, but it's it's around sex and gender. Mm -hmm. uh, Bell Hooks wrote a, a really transformational book called uh, The Will to Change. Okay. And I've I've read it a few times actually, and, and I recommend it to um, lots of people I work with, regardless of their gender, but especially men and those socialized as men. Because uh, Bell Hooks talks just wonderfully about um, what she refers to as the dominator culture and how that influences uh, relationships that are built around power and control rather than connection and sharing information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've just, I've felt the transformation in, in how I look at love and relationships and I've seen it in other men that have read this book to really open up our eyes to um, how we've been influenced to try to establish relationships. And so like, are you trying to perform? Are you trying to provide? Are you trying to acquire, you know, conquer, control? Or are you trying to connect and learn and share and empower? And, and you know, I think there's room for control and domination and power and fun and all that in, in sex yeah. and relationships. It's just knowing what, what you're working with and knowing um, who you are and how you are and the type of people you, you work well with. Um, so yeah, that sounds really interesting. I've never, uh, I haven't mm -hmm. read that one yet. So this question is partly for the listeners, but it's also for myself because I love the <laughs> reading list. So yeah. I'm like, oh, good. Yes. I'm like, as you're saying it, I'm Googling it. And I'm like, okay, good. Going to add that to the cart. <laughs> Got it. Nice. <laughs> one more would be uh, Tell Me What You Want by Justin Miller. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No, I it's... haven't read that one yet. Uh, it, he's from the, he's a sexuality researcher at the Kinsey Institute uh, in he, I think, came out in like 2017, uh, and it, at that time, I think it still is the largest uh, sexuality research. I think it was around 3,000 people or so. Uh, and so he was looking at fantasies and the role of that fantasies play in people's relationships and sex life, uh, and broke it down into seven domains of fantasies. And um, it's a fantastic book because it just really normalizes the importance of fantasy and role play, or just kind of getting out of present times just to kind of have that yeah that that fantasy life right and that yeah. there's no shame in having fantasies there's no shame in thinking about other people there's no shame in, in any of that um so a book to to normalize fantasies and i think really good for um i've worked with couples where one partner reveals a fantasy discloses a fantasy 
and the other partner um, is having a hard time with it. And so um, looking at ways to address that and to really normalize the uh, differences that show up in there. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a great one. Definitely added that to my list. Very cool. All right. Well, before we go, is there anything else that, like, anything I didn't ask you or anything you wanted to share with anyone who's listening? Mm, I'm just really thankful for, you know, you you bring this on. If you, uh, people that are listening, please visit us at Rouse Relational, uh, sorry, rousetherapy.com for uh, therapy needs in San Francisco or in California and for educational workshops, both on sex and anxiety, or if you're a sexual wellness provider looking for support around marketing, you can go to rouseacademy.com and check out our uh, courses there. Um, And I'm always, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, happy to to chat about sexual wellness and share ideas with people. Um, I've got some different ideas that I'm brewing and probably release in a couple of months. Maybe we can talk again. Yeah, I was um, just going to say, if you have anything coming up, let me know. I do. Yeah. Chat again and and then I also wanted to ask you if you have like workshops or anything that people could attend that, you know, you could talk about before we go. Yeah. Uh, so next, thank you. Uh, next Thursday, November 9th, I'll be doing a workshop uh, <clears throat> on marketing. Actually, it's uh, oh, relax and okay. practice, get more clients in 2023. Uh, I've, you know, SEO and, and marketing practices uh, in my experience, tend to work after a couple of months of implementation. And so I'm going to be sitting with people in my workshop to talk about 2023 and getting your SEO and your uh, digital marketing strategy right for who you are and what your practice is. So, you know, if you're a solo practitioner and you only want to work with 10 clients a week or 15 clients a week, you're going to have, and, and let's say you hate writing blogs, you're going to have a very different strategy than the person who, like me, I love writing blogs and I have a six-person group practice. And so we're yeah. going to have different strategies. And so we're going to look at that in the in the workshop. Uh, and so if you use the coupon code ROUSE15, you can get 15% off the, uh, the workshop. And um, I'll be doing some workshops in the future uh, around religious trauma. We're going to do one on religious trauma next year. Oh, uh, that sounds Queer good. men and vulnerability. Um intimate partner violence. Yeah, we're really just, we're building our calendar right now, but the first one will be November 9th. Excited to see people there. Yeah. For the info. Yeah. And I can put a link on the event and in the show notes too, Mm. for the workshop so people can easily find it. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so great. So if you have anything else that's coming up or you start a new project, just send me a message and we'll get you on again. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Well, this was so much fun. So I know we had one person listening live earlier, and then my husband's on here. <laughs> my husband. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So he's my recording man because I've had so many issues with recording these live events. So like he's, uh-huh. I'm upstairs talking, and he's downstairs on his computer doing the recording. So before we go, honey, did you have any questions or anything, or <laughs> you just want to put a heart if you're good? <laughs> I don't want to leave you out and not ask you since I know you're listening. I love it. <laughs> no, he's probably good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, David. Thank you so much for your time. And it was so good to talk to you today. Yeah, same. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye, everyone. Yeah, you too. Bye. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Sex Tech Talk. 
If you are in the sex tech space or sexual wellness space and you would like to have an interview with me, you can email me or find me on social media and I would love to talk to you. Thanks for spending your time with us today and have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye-bye.